Uh, it's time for three HL film room. Our guy Greg Cosell, the best in the business, oh, joins yeah. us for his weekly visit. Greg, what's up? How are you? I'm doing great, guys. It was good to see you last week. Definitely was. Did you we have a good time you in, in person? Yeah. Did yes, you have a good indeed. time in L.A.? Uh, yeah, we had a pretty quiet time. You know, uh, went to the game. SoFi Stadium is beautiful. You didn't walk any red carpets or anything, Greg? No, no, I didn't walk any red carpets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get into the game. Um, initially, I thought Cincinnati was uh, was having some success offensively, getting the ball out of Burrow's hand quickly. What what were you seeing initially as as those two teams were kind of trying to feel each other out? Well, that's something they had to do. We know why. Um, you know, they need they need to to really camouflage and compensate for their all line. Um, you know, I, they wanted to run the ball a little bit, you know, I'm sure some people thought they should have run the ball more. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, they needed to, to basically look, they understood. And we talked about this last week, they understood that they were, uh, overmatched with their O line versus the Rams D line. So therefore they had to play a certain way and, um, it featured quick game, as you said. You're exactly right. That's what their game plan featured. Quick game, quick timing and rhythm throws for Burrow to minimize the Rams' pass rush and keep the matchup disadvantage from becoming a deciding factor in the game. Obviously, it didn't turn out that way, but that's the way they came out. You're right. We'll get to some of the adjustments with Raheem Morris, but but mm-hmm. real quick on the, on the Rams' side of things, it, it looked like OBJ was starting to get rolling when when he had that knee injury. Yeah. How did that injury affect what they were trying to do? Well, I think in a couple of ways. Uh, first of all, OBJ is their boundary X receiver, meaning the single receiver to the short side of the field when they're in three-by-one sets. Um, they didn't feel comfortable with another receiver being that boundary X once he got hurt. So you saw more two by two sets. And my guess is that probably cut down the playbook a little bit for Sean McVay, Mm. because I'm sure they had a lot of concepts out of three by one sets with what they then anticipated from the Bengals uh, defense and their coverages. And they had to step away from that because they didn't really feel comfortable because I'm sure they hadn't practiced uh, with anybody else really being the boundary X. So it, it changed how they went about their, their what we like to call receiver distribution and location. Um, Greg, let me ask you this. You told, you were the one that told me, um, I was like, man, will they just match up hat on hat and come after them? Um, as far as it being um, Joe Burrow, and you were like, no, nah, they they use a five man front. Why did they go with that in the sec? Well, not why did they? Because of course they had to get to him. But what wasn't working with that? The Rams pressure in the first half to make them scrap that and go back to what they originally do. Well, you know, I think first half is often a feeling out process to some mm. degree. Um, I'm sure that they just wanted to see how the Bengals would come out. Because don't forget, if you rush five and the ball gets out quick, you're losing a player in coverage. But I think as the game progressed and they saw that the Bengals were not as committed to the run game as maybe they thought they would be, Mm -hmm. keep in mind that Mixon only had seven carries in the first half, and I think there were 19. If I'm not mistaken, there might might have been 19 called passes. So uh, it was pretty evident that the Bengals were not quite running the ball 
um, as much as maybe the Rams might have thought and maybe many of us thought. Um, so actually, uh, the, the Bengals had 30 offensive plays in the first half and Mixon had seven carries. So what happens in the second half, uh, and we saw a little bit of it in the first half, is they win with their five-man fronts, but they win with multiple looks, Ron. It wasn't just, hey, let's line up five across. Mm-hmm. They did some of that because that does lead to one-on-one protection, and that's advantage Rams. But the other thing that they did that was really, really good is, and they've done it all year to some extent, is they line up in that loaded front where there's three defensive linemen to one side of the offensive center. And what they did out of that is they put the linebacker, Ernest Jones, up on the line of scrimmage opposite the load. So it essentially became a five-man front, just a little bit of a different look. But because the Bengals wanted to bring that guard opposite the load to help with the three-man rush to the load side, the Bengals were forced to keep it back in to protect mm. Jones, who would who would blitz. Yeah. So it worked because now you took the back out of being an eligible receiver, and that helps the Rams even before the ball snapped. Greg Cosell with us on 3HL. Um, so one sack on Burrow, uh, I don't know, midway through the third quarter. And then... Well, one sack in the first half and six in the second half. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I know you kind of you kind of wove through the adjustment there. Raheem Morris going with more of a five man front, right? Like to to he did a little math, I guess, at halftime and and made it tougher to to double and triple team Aaron Donald. Yeah, it's, it's that's why when they went with that loaded front, the Bengals took the guard opposite the load and had him slide yes. to the load, so it became four on three. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't do that necessarily every time. And keep one thing in mind. With that loaded front, you have two defensive linemen outside of the offensive tackle. So the one who's a little bit more inside, even though he's still outside the tackle, he gets a running start at the offensive guard. <laughs> and we probably talked about this uh, last week you know, in L.A., Space is not a friend for offensive guards. Mm-hmm. Offensive guards don't like to play in space. That's why they're guards. Uh, Von Miller had a sack that way where he had a great spin move on the right tackle of Dennehy. Um, and uh, it was, you know, they just made it really difficult. The Rams, by what they did tactically, were able to really expose the matchup disadvantage. Greg Cosell with us at Greg Cosell. Yeah, uh, Don was talking about how, you know, for Cincinnati to keep building, they need to they need to address the offensive line in the offseason. Without question. Yeah, Zach Taylor uh, though disagreed at least publicly. He said, "Well, they were good enough to get to the Super Bowl." Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? Th- that's the exact right thing to say right now. Um, <laughs> he wasn't saying he wanted to run it back though, huh? Right. <laughs> no, because what you know why you have no idea what the offseason is going to mm. bring. Why throw your offensive line under the bus? There, it makes no sense. Um, so he said absolutely the right thing. Everybody knows he knows it too, but there's no reason to air your dirty laundry. It's not necessary. Well, speaking of that, so Kyler Murray uh, unload like gets rid of all of his social media at Arizona, right? Like anything to do with the Cardinals, he gets rid of it like a petulant child. Um, and and we're not getting into personalities and things like that, but I am curious to see what you saw on film for Kyler Murray this season, and, and maybe contrast that in terms of his growth since yeah. his rookie year. You know, Murray 
he was up and down this year. He had some stretches this year where I thought he played really, really well, where he was really good on third down, where he made some really good throws from the pocket. He's a great thrower of the football. We know about his movement ability and his athleticism. But then he also had some stretches where I thought he he looked the same to me as he did as a rookie, where he was inconsistent throwing the ball, missed some throws, moved too often when he didn't have to. Um, so he ended up having an up-and-down year. The numbers were pretty good, but, y- you know, you can't just look at numbers. We've become so used now to analytics that all people do is look at numbers. Yeah. You have to watch the tape, and you have to see what the tape shows and how that is reflective or sometimes not so reflective of the numbers. So overall, while I thought there were signs that he was clearly improving, when you put the entire season together based purely on tape study, he was very much the same quarterback that he was as a rookie. Wow. Interesting stuff. So yeah. we, we talk with our gambling guys uh, over the course of the weeks, right? Like sports betting is legal in Tennessee, so we, we talk about that from time to time. And right. and, and Tom Brady uh, has MVP odds, even though he retired. Um, <laughs> if he were to come back, Greg, what I, I know like the yardage was through the roof. What did you see on film from Tom Brady last season? I thought Tom Brady played really, really well. Um, you know, it was, it was a really good mix of what he of what he did in New England uh, with a lot of the short stuff and then the the deeper stuff. I mean, he throws a lot of deep balls. Uh, this he threw a lot of deep balls this past year and was relatively successful. I thought he had a really good season. His arm strength is is pretty good. You know, given his age, you know, mm-hmm. the ball comes out with velocity. He throws a great ball. Um, there, there was no problem with Tom Brady. I mean, obviously, people remember the game he lost, um, but, um, you know, and of course, they came back in that game, but but I thought he had a really good season. Uh, my guess is, you know, look, I don't know what his plans are. He's obviously a guy that puts everything he has all the time into being a great player. That's why he's a great player. Everything is so repetitive that he's not surprised by anything. He's a step ahead of everything. If that takes a lot of work, he may just not want to do that kind of work anymore. Greg Cosell with us at Greg Cosell. You check him out on Twitter. He's the best in the business. So Aaron Rodgers uh, bought a lot in Brentwood, just outside Nashville. He's building a house, which led a lot of people to say, Oh, he's going to play for the Titans. Um, (laughs) He just broke up with his his fiance, and and I think she had ties to Nashville. So maybe those plans are all I don't know. But Aaron Rodgers is going to play football somewhere next year. What did you see from him on tape in twenty twenty one? Well, other than the last game, and I, he did not play well against the Forty ers Yeah. Um, but I thought he had a phenomenal season. Look, I've said this before. I could easily make the argument that Aaron Rodgers is the best thrower of the football I've ever seen. Um, so he had a phenomenal season. It just ended poorly. He did not have a good game. He was very unsettled in that game against the, the 49ers. Um, so he's going to play. Again, he, he who knows? You know, now you're getting into all speculative stuff. <laughs> I never do that, Greg. <laughs> this is all this is the time of year for that. You know, everybody says a lot of stuff. <laughs> Kyler Murray are moving. You know, the social media stuff, you know, Russell Wilson says he wants to betray. I mean, this is the time of year for that. Well, you know, who knows what will happen. But but no, Rodgers can certainly still play at a high level. But a lot. But you you guys know a lot of people are moving to Nashville. That's right. 
I mean, George Kittle has a house here, so I'm sure he'll be there a Titan, go. too, so right? Is he, going to be, is he going to be the tight end for the Titans next year? Yeah, I don't uh, know. I mean, are you moving yeah, here? Are you going to be scouting for the Titans? <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> I don't think so. I like Nashville a lot, though. I know you do. Uh, we we, we got to get you back out here at CMA Fest uh, when they open that thing back up. I know they're opening it this year, but I won't be there this year. Oh, great. Next year. Yeah, maybe. Okay. All right. Uh, well, we, hey, we appreciate the time. Always appreciate the visits. Uh, thanks for uh, everything you do to help us understand the game better. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks. That was great. Thanks, Greg. Greg Cosell.